Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Crystal Andrews from Daily Mail Australia. And I'm Josh Moss, and you're listening to Obsessed, where we discuss the biggest moments in reality TV and try to figure out why we're all still so obsessed with watching normal people find fame on screen. In Season 1, we're talking all things Love Island Australia 2019. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Obsessed. And we're going to do something a little bit different this week because there has been a massive story in the world of reality TV over the past couple of weeks. Josh, there is a lot to discuss. Oh, my God. Everything that could have happened on the show has happened. We've had dumpings. We've had love squares, love triangles. I can't keep up with the shapes that are that the kids are saying that's going on with the show. I thought there's been fireworks this week and I love it. There really has. So shall we have a quick chat about what happened in the last week of Love Island first? Let's get into it. I'm going to make a statement, as I often do. (laughs) You were saying it like it's a rarity that you make a bold (laughs) statement. I'm like, you do it every week. I think Adam and Cartier are going to win this thing. Really? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm feeling. Tell me what's, uh, what's you're basing this off. Australia loves them. There are fan accounts already. I don't know if you've been like following this on Instagram. There are fan accounts. You're for, a true stalker. I really am. I'm, I'm <laughs> so into it. What's not to love? They are just the perfect opposites attract story. It should not work. At least inside the villa, it seems to be working. They're kind of learning how to communicate with each other, learning what the other needs. She is smitten. I just, I really would be so happy to see them get to the end and, I think if it comes down to a public vote, unless something disastrous happens, they will win. I'm just going to say one thing. It's great to have all these fan accounts on Instagram. It's great that Australia has fallen in love with them. And it's also great you're making bold statements they're going to win. Of course But that matters for nothing if they disintegrate as a couple which I think is still could it could happen. You know, we're seeing a few cracks at the moment. You know, Cardia is saying she wants more from Adam. She wants more affection. She wants, you know, at night he's not cuddling and kissing her like the other couples so I think you're right if they stay together and progress as a couple they definitely have a chance at winning it will they last the distance I'm still not 100% sold they're going to go the distance um so I'll be heartbroken if they don't (laughs) (laughs) even though it's unlikely if the next one to go is one of the girls I think it will be Cassie and I think her time is up she's done oh, wow, what did you make of the blow-up between her and Luke? Oh, I thought Luke's reaction and the way he handled it was really, really good and really mature. You know, Luke has given the relationship a few chances. There's been a few red flags, as Luke said, that have come up and he's sort of pushed past it because he wants to try and make it work. I 100% back Luke when he says, I don't think Cassie is wanting or ready for a relationship you know she's saying to Luke she wants to go out and party till 6am I think any partner would be concerned that their girlfriend or boyfriend hasn't been home 
until 6 a.m. You know, God knows what they were doing. It's not about them going out there and cheating. It's just about them staying out so late and not wanting to come home and party. And I don't know. And there's been other things that Cassie said as well that is that are red flags. So I think you're right as well. I think Cassie could be on her last legs in the villa too. Maybe one of these new guys will take her fancy. But it seems to me like Cassie's not ready for a relationship. She doesn't want a relationship. I do think the conversation between her and Luke was a bit of a miscommunication and they both heard what they wanted to hear in that situation he heard her saying that she would go out all of the time every night till 6am and then ran with that she heard that you know well no I was just saying sometimes on the odd occasion I might like to do that but what I'm hearing you saying is that you you know can't won't let me go out at all and you always need to be with me and know where I am all the time like he didn't say that either and they just like they're talking at each other and the words are going way over each other's heads. Kind of what we've resulted in now is this big blop and like, no, nah, we're done. See you later. I found it so funny when Luke was asking outside people for to back him up on an argument. Oh, that was, was like, so awkward. Didn't she say that she wanted to go out till 6am every morning? And I started laughing. I was like, I definitely do that as well. When I'm losing <laughs> an argument, really? I need backup. I need backup um, heavily. But yeah. I don't, I don't need that. I'm good on my own. Yeah. I'm solid. I always know when I'm right. You've written a book on how to win arguments. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that they were both blown out of proportions, each side of the argument, but at the same time, too many red flags. I would have probably ended the relationship as well, just because you can. there's only so many times you can hear those sort of things without feeling like this isn't going to work. And, and I feel like Luke was thinking post-show and he was like, is this going to work? You know, they were talking about living on either side of the bridge. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Luke was really trying to consider what life would have been like with Cassie on the outside, but it's clearly not going to work. So I think he handled it pretty well, but I feel like that's the end of those two. So. It's definitely the end of those two. I'm not sorry about it. It was <laughs> no. getting tiring. Speaking of the end, two people have gone home. Owen and Jordan are gone. Oh, and uh, another Bomb Squad member was gone as well. Oh, Bianca. Bianca. I felt sorry for her. Um, what did you think of those uh, Islanders going home? Jordan and Owen had little like baby tantrums on being dumped from the <laughs> island. I was really not endeared to either of them. Owen tried to flip it and knew that he was probably going to be sent home and tried to say, no, nah, I'm out. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away. And he even is still trying to present it that way in interviews that he's been doing with media, with our team at Daily Mail saying like, oh yeah, you know, I was happy to walk away to leave my mate Matt in there because you know, Matt's such a good guy. Mate, you got <laughs> you dumped. dumped. You didn't walk, mate. Just own it. <laughs> It was like that if you know someone's going to break up with you, you break up with them first and then you can say to all your friends, yeah, I broke up with her. Like it, I ended it, man. Like I'm in control. It was but a matter like, of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and Sophie's like, what are you doing? Like you, you, like we're two minutes away from figuring this out. He's like, no, I'm gone. I'm out. I'm out. And like I found that pretty funny because he knew he was walking the plank. So he wanted to go out on his own terms, go out on his own sword. But it kind of just made things look a lot worse. Like he's – we know, look, Owen's sort of true colours started to show towards the end of it. You know, he, he did have a big ego. You know, a lot of people in there have a big ego. But I feel like his, you know, on his departing, you know, his departing minutes before he left, he was saying, you know, I had so many girls keen on the big O, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone wanted a slice of Owen. And he said, I might not be the best looking bloke, but I've got the most going on for me, which makes me the best looking bloke or something like that. It was all a bit odd, wasn't it? It was all a bit odd. Like if you're getting dumped, just, you know, appreciate the moment. Thank, thank everyone for your time in there and just sort of embrace the moment. Another one that I thought was quite salty as well was Jordan. 
um, from the bomb squad when she was dumped. Admittedly, I mean, those bomb squad girls, how long were they even in the villa for? Three or four days? Yeah, a couple of days. Oh, you'd be so off it. Going all the way, you know, you're there for three or four days and then you're gone. They only kept one person from the bomb squad. So... Jordan, I can kind of understand a little bit more why she'd be salty. But at the same time, she kind of wrote her own funeral as well because she told Owen that she was going to jump ship from Matt and she was going to be interested in Owen. Matt was then sort of brushed aside and, you know, that's not a nice feeling. And then as soon as Owen was sort of dumped, Jordan was, you know, looking to – and maybe she did have feelings for both of them. But, you know, you can see how Matt would interpret that. You know, if I was in Matt's shoes, I would be like, well, hang on, you – you kind of brush me aside. Yeah, um, absolutely. And to not see how that could be as hurtful as what she did to him, I think, was was not a good look and a bit hypocritical. She could have been a little bit more gracious in accepting that decision because at the end of the day, like, he had to decide. It wasn't his choice to send, you know, like to, to send someone home that day. That's just the way that it played out. It happened to be him. I do think she could have been a little bit kinder and maybe see that it mirrored what she'd done to him, which was choose somebody else. That was what happened in the world of Love Island. But there is a really big story that's been playing out over the past couple of weeks in relation to reality TV. Have you heard much about this, Josh? Have you yeah, heard it, the whispers? Yeah, it's been all over the media. Um, it's been in the paper, so it would be pretty hard not to hear it. It's a really, really interesting case that's going on at the moment. So it's Channel 7 versus a House Rules reality TV contestant. Yeah, um, so a former contestant from um, a few seasons back of House Rules has successfully filed a workers' compensation claim against the network basically getting them to pay for a psychological injury that she suffered after having been portrayed as the villain on that season of the show. Um, And that is kind of a landmark case worldwide. There has never, ever been a reality TV contestant who has then turned around and sued the network for essentially their portrayal, good or bad. This one's still playing out. So Channel 7, as expected, is appealing the decision. So it's going to take a while until we have a result there. But the interesting thing is how this may affect how we see reality TV. Is that going to kind of be the end of it all? Are we moving into a new era? It's having flow-on effects for other shows. That was House Rules, but certainly other shows are being caught up in this as well. Love Island uh, hasn't had too many bad cases kind of play out in Australia. However, a fan actually did put the question to Sophie Monk on social media. And this was a really interesting one. They said that they were a little bit concerned about Matt's emotional stability and well-being on the show, that he seemed to be reacting really strongly to like short-term losses um, and questioning what the show was doing to support him. Sophie Monk, ever the professional, came back and basically reassured this fan that, you know, Love Island is is one of the best shows that she's ever worked on. All the contestants are really well looked after. They have access to counselling, support and help and all of those things. Josh, is that kind of true to what your experience was on the show or is it a bit different now, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So what Sophie Monk's saying is is 100% true. So when we were on the show, um, there were psychologists that were working on the show and before we went in, you sort of sit down with them and they talk to you about the sort of emotional roller coasters you're going to go through on the show. They they put these little three circles and it was like one of the middle circle was like you're comfortable. The outer circle was like uncomfortable. Then the biggest circle was like 
extremely reactive. And then the last one was uh, danger to yourself and others. And they sort of said that if you sit between um, reactive and danger to yourself, they're, they're going to come in and they're going to assist you. You know, a, a trained psychologist is going to come in, have a chat with you and make sure that you're okay. Um, we also, we, we were visited by the psychologist two or three times throughout the show as well. Anytime that someone was experiencing a bit of a mental hardship, which, which did happen in our show, and I'm sure it happens in other shows as well, and it might have even happened this season, they, they take you out of the villa, they talk to you, they sit you down, they make sure that you're okay and that you're going to be able to progress through this. And if you are okay and can progress, they'll put you back into the villa. If you're completely unable to move forward, you know, if you're having a, a breakdown or whatever you might be doing, they'll, they won't put you back into the villa. So there's a lot of assistance to make sure that your mental health is looked after because on these shows, you know, it's so, so, so intense. And as an audience member, you look at it and you think, oh, these guys are in a in an amazing villa in Fiji or Spain or wherever you are. And they go, it can't be that hard. But it, it is literally like a, a box of emotion. You're enclosed there and you're cut off from the outside You're in a world. glass case of emotion. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Channel 9 and Love Island made sure that we were always okay. And post-show as well. You know, as soon as you're outside of the villa, you meet with a psychologist who – who assesses you, make sure that you're okay to go back into the outside world. And we receive phone calls, you know, once a month for about three or four months after that, yeah, just right. checking up on us, you know, giving us tips and tricks into asserting ourselves back into normal yeah. life, you know, how to deal with the trolls online. So I can only speak from my show, but um, they made sure that we were always okay. We had an exclusive scoop on Daily Mail Australia, which was scooped by two of our reporters Joshua Fox and Joe Scrimshire about Married at First Sight and basically that Nine have now set up a 24-7 dedicated helpline and psychological support for the contestants on the, the coming season but also reaching out to former stars kind of in the light of this of this case and maybe increasing their efforts to make sure that people are okay. So I think this is a great initiative that Channel Nine are doing and I think that Married at First Sight is probably – the most needed for something like this because, you know, as we've seen, there's a lot of drama and... It escalates. It escalates, it escalates quickly, escalates every year. <laughs> well, we are actually going to speak to someone who knows quite a lot about that, Davina Rankin, who was in the famous, uh, I guess, first ever Married at First Sight Australia affair scandal yep. um, a few seasons back. She was... I mean, she she got absolutely slammed when those episodes came out, alleged affair, I suppose, with another contestant's partner. Uh, so we're going to get her on to get her take on this. I think she's going to have a really strong opinion about all of this. Hi, Davina. Hi, Davina. It's Josh. How are you? Hey, Josh. I'm good. Well, just to give you a bit of a background, obviously we've um, been discussing what a lot of people have been discussing recently, which is this sort of landmark lawsuit against Channel 7 with a former House Rules contestant. And we know you've spoken about that in other media beforehand, but just kind of wanted to get your thoughts and experience and a, and a bit of a take on things in a different light. Can you take us back to being on Married at First Sight? and the public reaction to you, which we know was obviously quite strong. What was that like at the time? Well, it was kind of crazy because I don't think you'd go on a show like that, especially me. Like, I've always had, like, a really large, like, social media following and stuff, so my whole life is kind of out there anyway. And I've never really had any negative 
like backlash or anything like that. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great for me because people already know me and like, you know, have followed me and seen me every day without makeup and all that kind of stuff. So when there was such like a crazy backlash with the show, it was just so, it was really hard for me because I haven't, I've never experienced that. Even though I've been on, you know, social media for years and years and years, it's my business. Yeah, it was, it was really, really hard. And especially too, because you kind of, you lose your voice. You don't get to explain yourself. And even if you wanted to explain yourself, it is actually really hard because the amount of like, you know, editing and stuff like that, that goes into these shows, you know, if you see me rolling my eyes or, you know, being snarky or something, like I'm such a sarcastic person at the best of times, it's really hard for you to try and explain like, no, 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 I've had like a full conversation and trying to put things into context. So I felt so lost. Like I just, yeah, it really does feel like the whole world is against you when, you know, you're kind of villainized in a TV show. It is those little clips, isn't it, of like a, you know, I've got a resting bitch face, so I think if I ever went on a reality TV show, I'd be the villain straight up. Like they just get these little grabs of you and and run them where they need to. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, they'll ask you like, you know, how was your day? And you'll be like, yeah, the day was good. Like you got to remember you're being filmed like 24-7. Like you have a camera crew in your face all the time. And plus like on top of that, you have to talk about your feelings and talk about your day and say the same thing over and over again in all your different interviews so you know you just having a fine day isn't really going to cut it when they're asking you so what what was so good about the day what was so bad about the day what do you like about him what do you hate about him so you're answering all these questions but they only pick and choose you know the answers that they want to show the public so you can see me kind of bitching and moaning and you know saying all this stuff when an actual fact like you know there's always an opposite to that also so you kind of have to always with every interview that you do say every single feeling and have every type of like sentence for that answer if you get me or for that question yeah definitely did you ever feel like the producers if they did ask you a question you gave a response that maybe wasn't the one they wanted they would ask you a question in a different way to try and get a different response out of you you know if you're playing that villain they want a villain response sort of thing A hundred percent. And you know what? I actually even picked up on that when I was doing like my intro, like bio for the show. So like, I don't want to say like, my name's Davina Rankin and I've got like 200,000 followers on my Instagram. Like, I don't want to say that to people when I introduce myself, like that's lame, but they so badly were like, well, we need to know more about you. So could you maybe like mention your Instagram or could you maybe do this? And because they're young as well, like you can really, you feel kind of safe with them like because they can relate to you when they're young and they're cool um so you try your hardest to be as accommodating as you can and then you see like what you know what comes up when they're introducing you know Davina I'm married at first sight and it just comes off like I'm this bimbo who's like (laughs) obsessed with Instagram and I'm like oh my god I have like four other businesses that I've worked really hard on like I've actually successful in other areas other than you know having my tits on Instagram and they're not interested in that are they they don't care about that no (laughs) so it's kind of like they have you in a role before you know you even start filming like they already know they typecast they want you to be 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I found that as well. With our season, there was a girl, Tash, who, um, you know, they asked her, you know, what she's interested in. She said she's into, you know, sort of expensive things and she knows a guy with a big boat. And then they played on that and they said, you know, what are you looking for? And, and they made her say, like, I'm looking for a guy with a big super yacht. And they just kept, like, typecasting her as that. And I spoke to her and she was like, I'm not into a guy who's got a super yacht. So they was like, they really pushed her for that, even though she wasn't. Like, that's not what a type of girl she was. She's so. like, I'm not into that guy. I just know that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then it's hard too because, like, they can play the worst of some person and then, like, the best of someone else. And so, like, I would find even with Ryan, like, there's so much that happened between us. And even on the wedding day that even my friends and family were like, oh, my God, this guy, like, you you know, he's so not your type. Like, yeah. that this is never going to work. But he came across as like, the sweet and he is, innocent. like he's a great guy, but there was a lot that happened that I was like, oh, once the public sees that, then they'll understand where I'm coming from. But they never saw it. Like they just saw this beautiful guy that was like, oh, Davina's the best girl in the world. And I'm like, this guy knows the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And with your show, you can't choose who you're paired up with. You're obviously just on the day, that's them. And you've got, you you dealt those cards and you've just got to deal with it. So, you know, yeah. one, one little look can portray a million things, especially with the editing and the cutting that they can do. So I, I definitely understand like where you're coming from when you, when you say that. Exactly. And even on the wedding day, like we walked down the aisle like three times yeah. and did the whole like, yeah. oh, hi, nice to meet you thing. And they kind of just picked the best one and bits and pieces out of all of that, you know. So yeah. there's so much behind reality TV shows that the public don't get to see. Yeah, absolutely. And when I was on my show, I walked out and no girl stepped forward. And I did that walk three more times knowing that no girls are going to step forward. So it's like, um, yeah. <laughs> That's so brutal. To, yeah, I had to relive that moment many times and still do. So, um, Oh. <laughs> I, I am super curious to ask because a big, I guess, part of this lawsuit that's that's folding, unfolding at the moment is that the contestant is saying that her portrayal as a villain has obviously had a really serious impact on her mental health and I don't think any of us would argue that that wasn't true, but that it mm-hmm. also held her back from progressing her career basically after the show and held her back from work opportunities because she kind of had this new reputation which was not true to who she was. Do you think that your time on MAPS had the same negative impact on your career and your businesses long-term or has it kind of played out a bit differently? Long-term, no. At the time, um, like I couldn't even leave the house. I wasn't doing any work whatsoever. Like I think it was probably – I think even for me to just feel comfortable to go out to events and stuff like that, it took like six months. And it really does, like it shapes you a lot. But long-term for me, as soon as I got my voice back, as soon as I was able to go back onto my social media and me do me, maybe with my friends and family and just get back to doing life and people can see that I'm just a normal person, it calmed down so much. And now like I can handle my heart say like I very, very rarely will get a bad comment. And if I do get a bad comment, it'll be like, I don't know, about my tan or something, (laughs) not a question of my character or anything like that. So now it's probably like it's been two years, but now everything's amazing. But, yeah, at the time it was really hard. Two years is a long time to wait though. Like at what what point did it sort of start to really slow down that hate and that real intensity? I think because I'm savvy on social media anyway, I knew to put my phone down. I knew to put my phone away. I knew not to look at comments. But, you know, there's people in my season still that are traumatized and are constantly 
you know, defending themselves with randoms online. And, you know, if I think it just comes with the education of knowing when to like take a step back, but some people don't, you know, like some people really do struggle. You're obviously quite a younger girl who's quite tech savvy, you were saying on social media. So you were able to sort of transition into that public profile better than others. But, you know, for those sort of, you know, maybe the older contestants on the show or the people who aren't on social media, what sort of strategies were given to them to for life post-show? Or even just managing a new profile that people are actually interested in when before, you know, Obviously, Davina, you had a really high profile, but for a lot of contestants, they go in just as a normal person and come out this kind of pseudo-celebrity. Yeah, look, they do give you, like, they give you a rundown. They let you know about, like, you know, trolls and social media and they give you, like, different tips of, like, not looking at things and not responding and all that kind of stuff, but it's just not enough. Like, it's really not enough. I don't know what they can do, honestly, to help with it all because it is there's kind of no way to be away from it unless you are offline, you know. Um, but, yeah, they really – there's not, not much that they really do at all. And, I, you know, the only time the publicist would be, like, hounding me or calling me or checking up on me would be like, oh, hey, Davina, how are you? How are you feeling? Look, would you be free to go do this appearance for Channel 9, blah, blah, blah. So they don't actually really care about your well-being. They just want to make sure that you're not going to, you know, talk too much while you're under contract and, you know, make sure that you can keep up appearances, doing free appearances for them while the show's still hot, you know. After the show ended, like, I didn't even talk about maths at all. I probably did maybe two or three interviews and then I completely shut down and did absolutely nothing. I did no appearances for Channel 9. Actually, I went to the Logies because I was like, if I'm going to do one thing for these people, it's going to be going to the Logies. I was there as well. It was good. It was a good night. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I'll do that. But, um, But I actually didn't talk at all. I just found it easier to get past it all and, like, Yeah, just to kind of keep my mouth shut and stay off social media, stay off interviews. Like at one point, I'm pretty sure the Daily Mail is like, is Davina dead? Like she has not left her house in, you know, so many months. No one's heard from her. Yeah, so I just kind of went MIA. And honestly, that was the best thing I could have ever done. Was that just to sort of move forward from the whole experience and maybe look at the next part of your life? Or was it because you wanted to shut down because you, you know, what was shown on TV or what was sort of the the thought process? Oh, my... My anxiety was just through the roof. Like I've never had anxiety before in my life. I I just couldn't even face it. Like every day was like a nightmare waking up to a new headline, you know, new things written about you. Like it was just, it was horrifying. This is just breaking my heart. It's so sad. It's so I know. sad. And I know it was two it years really ago is. now, but it just feels still really heavy and raw and all of those things. Yeah, definitely. And like, honestly, now I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my whole life now. And I know people say that they've got to go through traumatic times and stuff in their life to be able to appreciate the good times. But like, I'll be stoked if that's my traumatic time done, because I'm like, I don't think I could handle anything like that ever again. And I feel real, I feel really sorry for, you know, the up and coming contestants on these reality TV shows, because I don't know, I'm sure that it was bad before my time, but I feel like since my time, it just has gotten worse for everyone. Like, yeah. Will this change it now, though? I mean, are we potentially going to see another pivot in reality TV strategy now that I guess the networks are seeing that potentially there is a case to answer? 
No, I think they're just going to be better with their contracts, to be honest. <laughs> Tighten I them think, up even more. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Like I, um, I, I've said previously, like I have friends who are lawyers who looked over my contract because I was like, oh, I want to kill these people. Like I want to take them down. And they really, they cover everything. Like if you can find a little loophole in yours and, you know, if there's a lawyer out there that wants to take on my case, give me a call. But, um, <laughs> but it's, it really is really hard. Like they kind of know exactly what they're doing. They're so smart. Like they deserve awards because they can create all of this and have their bum covered in every way. Is there any advice that even, you know, can you control any of it or is that really out of your hands? I mean, you can try and control it, but you just, you never know. As soon as you're out, like you put yourself out there, like you could be the most beautiful person on TV, but then, you know, all of your exes will pop up in the media and start selling photos of you and, you know, things like that. You've just got to be really careful putting yourself out on such a public platform because if you're not getting torn down in one way, you might in another. It's, it's, you're just very vulnerable super vulnerable yeah and it can all it can all um switch so quickly can't it you know one second you can be the the golden child of you know australian tv and then something can happen and boom at the click of a finger you're now the most hated person in the country so oh exactly and that's that's what i found like from me being like the most hated person ever to now even post show like at the time tracy you know, was everyone loved Tracy and everyone hated Davina. But now it's kind of like the roles have reversed and still Tracy is getting like absolutely hammered on her Instagram every day. So it's like, and like having to limit comments and just stuff like that. So it's like everyone just wants to see you fall from grace. Luckily for me, I was like at rock bottom. So there's no way to go but up (laughs) for me, thank God. Um, But, you know, if you are like, you know, Jules and Cam, say from last year, they, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. They're getting married. How great. And now everyone just wants, you know, the marriage to fail and want to hear about a divorce and hear about them losing friends and all this stuff. So it's like, yeah, no one's safe. Yeah, for sure. And and you mentioned now that you're sort of, you know, you've changed your public image and, and you have such a good image now. What do you think, how did you think it changed from you being that villain on Australia to now you turning it around, you saying you've got successful businesses, you know, people are seeing you in a better light. How did it turn for you and why does it not turn for other villains on different series? Like what's the, what do you think is the, the secret for that? Well, I already had my businesses pre-show. It's not like I relied on the show to bring you know, me money post show, like I didn't have to rely on events and, you know, endorsements and all that kind of stuff. So like I could have gone back to work without having to rely on the fame train. But um, I don't know, honestly, I think it's just getting my voice back and being more active on social media and, you know, just people seeing that, oh, okay, well, now that I'm following you for all this like juicy shit, I realize that you're just a normal person who like trains and hangs out with the fam and, you know, yeah. drinks too much on a Sunday sometimes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like I think it's just, you know, just transitioning from the person who's like a D-grade celebrity on TV that everyone thinks they know to them watching you every day and being like, oh, okay, well, you're quite normal. Just the real you really coming out on social yeah, media. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Davina, one last question before we let you go. You are in the very exciting final stages of your pregnancy which is yes. wonderful news. 
very exciting and very uncomfortable right now. Uh. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting on an exercise ball as I'm talking to you. So if I'm out of breath, that's why. <laughs> when your child is, you know, maybe fast forward 15 years, yeah, they're a little bit older, will they watch the show? Will you talk to them about it? What's What's the plan there, I suppose? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. See, to me, it's just a TV show. So, like, I, I would not mind if she watched it or anything like that. And like I said, like, I never kissed anyone. It's not like, you know, I got filmed having sex on screen or anything like that. It doesn't really faze me for her to see it or anything. Yeah, it was more just my experience and how I overcome, like, the backlash and how I dealt with it that was, like, hurtful and scary and, you know, awkward but for her to see it like I can imagine us sitting down watching it and having a laugh because it'll be so far in the past then you know and even there's actually one episode the one episode that I don't mind watching is the reunion episode and that was actually when I like decided that I didn't give a fuck anymore so I was like you know what I'm the villain like I'm just gonna I don't actually even care and that was the episode where I think I was the most brutal out of everything because I'm like they're gonna make me look like a bitch anyway like <laughs> if they're gonna set up fake chats with me and Tracy or whatever I'm just gonna embrace tell it, it how Lean it is into it. <laughs> yeah and so I actually watched that episode and I pissed myself laughing because I'm like this is just so it's just so fake so um yeah it's I'll, I can imagine we could watch it and we'll be laughing about it that's a really lovely note to end on. Thank you so much for your time today, Davina. We really appreciate it. No, it was great talking to you guys. And good luck with the podcast. Thank you. Good luck for the impending new addition to the fam. <laughs> Thank you. I'll let you guys know next time I'm in Sydney and I'll just drop her off. Please do. <laughs> Free babysitting. <laughs> Thanks, Davina. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to Obsessed. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure you head to Daily Mail Australia for the biggest, best and juiciest Love Island and reality TV coverage on the internet. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.